This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and glad you're joining me again today. This is episode 95, June 29th, 2018, and today we're going to talk about five great ways to use coffee grounds on the homestead. Looks like we're in store for another heat wave around here on my homestead. I'm going to have several days of mid-90 degree weather, it looks like, so there's going to be some uh, garden watering going on. There's going to be some some fans and some ice bottles put on the uh, the animals, <laughs> you know, the, the small livestock and cages. Uh, there's just going to be a lot. It's, it's always makes things a little more stressful. The good thing is, though, I'm on my uh, vacation this next week, so it's, it's a staycation. I'll be around the house a lot, so I'll be here to to put a little extra effort into the garden and into the uh, into the livestock and, and caring for things around here and uh, hoping to get a lot done uh, for the podcast and for the website and just make some upgrades and do some things uh, along with doing a lot of work around the homestead that I just haven't had the time to get to lately. So I always enjoy my staycations. A lot of people think that they'd rather just go somewhere on a vacation. Personally, I'd rather stay at home and work. I love it. It's 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 what I love most. I really do. I mean, I would rather be here than going somewhere on a vacation. Hopefully, I can squeeze a couple of days of fishing in, uh, wanting to get out with my grandson and, and take him fishing and, and just spend a little time with him and uh, just do a lot of stuff. So a lot going on around here. Hope things are going well in your homestead and that you got a lot going on. But uh, let's just jump right into our uh, our topic today. Actually, this is based on a question that came in. Uh, Adam had a little bit more to ask than just about where to use his coffee grounds. Adam actually asks, I have a compost pile going with mostly used straw bales and various clippings, but have been tossing coffee grounds and eggshells into the pile, then tossing it randomly. I don't have my process down yet, but I was wondering how much coffee grounds could potentially be too much. I'm planning on working the compost in a next year's garden, which will be tomatoes, various beans, corn, pumpkins, and I guess your standard garden staple crops. I'm also looking for uses for days-old coffee, since there's always a little left in the pot each day. We love our coffee, so there are fresh grounds daily. Great question, Adam. Uh, let's just jump right into it here. Uh, coffee grounds in compost. Uh, how much can you add? I mean, let's just Flat out, the answer you're looking for is no more than 25% of the volume of your compost bin. That's a lot, though. Uh, I mean, generally, a compost bin should minimum be a four four by four uh, cube 
to get the best uh, heat out of your compost pile. You want to get the best balance out of your compost pile. So you want a pretty big compost pile and that'd be a lot of coffee. So probably not going to overdo it in coffee. It'd be my guess. Let's talk a little bit about balancing out a, a compost bin before we move on talk about other uses for coffee though. Uh, compost is actually absolutely one of the best places you can put your used coffee grounds. Um, but how do you balance that? Uh, here's the whole thing with, with balancing a compost pile. And this is, this is kind of a rabbit trail. We'll get off the coffee thing for a minute and this will kind of take this, uh, this episode in a different direction, but I think it's important to know to get the ideal heat out of a compost pile, to get it where you want it, a balanced compost pile. Um, what you're looking for is about around 30 parts carbon to one part nitrogen. Now that can be a little deceiving because when we look at the actual carbon ratio, carbon or nitrogen to carbon ratio of coffee, it's 25 to one. So, I mean, there's a lot of confusion in there on how you would balance that out. But when you look at something like leaves or hay, it's probably more like carbon to nitrogen, like a hundred to one. All that can get really confusing if you try to actually break down the actual carbon to the actual nitrogen in each specific thing you're putting in. What it's going to look like when you're putting it in there is your browns and greens. Greens being the, the things that are higher in nitrogen, uh, that are fresher, greener, of course, or just just uh, your food scraps, your, your coffee grounds, the things that are nitrogen-based. Those things are your greens. Your browns are your things like your straw, your leaves, your sticks, the, the cardboard paper, things like that you're putting in there. Uh, those things are going to be your carbon. Uh, what you're really looking for, I mean, if you if you just to eyeball it, to get your balance, is you're looking about two to one, two carbon to one nitrogen. That's going to give you a good 30 to one balance in your carbon to nitrogen ratio. This is going to produce the best uh, what we call sweetest smelling and fastest acting compost pile. If you get too much carbon, what's going to happen is it's going to slow down the process. It's not going to, the, 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 the microorganisms that digest the compost, they're going to eat a lot slower. They're not going to, it's not going to really boost things up and get it going. If you get it too nitrogen rich though, you're going to have a really strong smelling compost pile, which you don't want. So you're trying to maintain, it's really anywhere from 30 to 50, 30 to 35 is probably ideal though, um, on your nitrogen to, to one carbon, but it looks like more carbon than nitrogen because your nitrogen is obviously richer. So what you're looking for is two carbon to one nitrogen in the actual appearance of the pile. In other words, uh, whatever you're putting in that's a green, you're going to double that in brown. And, and add that much brown to it. So that's what you're kind of looking for to get that I ideal pile. Of course, you're tossing it, you're aerating it. That really helps get the microorganisms working in your compost pile and start digesting that compost pile. And when you do that, you're going to get a really fast, really hot, uh, decent smelling compost pile. Uh, it won't it won't be stinky. So that's what you're looking for. And that's going to give you your fastest compost. And coffee has a nitrogen to to uh, carbon ratio of 25 to 1. So uh, it's ideal. It's, it's almost uh, perfect for a compost pile. It really is. Um, so just make sure you whatever how much coffee you put in there, double that amount of uh, of carbon that's in there. And uh, so basically you don't want more than 
because it's so high in nitrogen, you don't want probably more than 25% of your, your compost pile being coffee. But like I said, that's a lot of coffee um, because you're going to want a mixture of other nitrogen products. You're going to want some manure. You're going to want some, some uh, green uh, grass cuttings in there. You're going you're gonna to put some other things in there, some food scraps and things in there. So probably, you know, you don't want more than probably 25% of it in coffee. But again, a lot, that's a lot of coffee. Where else can you use your coffee grounds, though? If you have a vermicomposting bin, it's it's ideal for that, a little bit of that. Uh, because it's kind of acidic, you don't want to add too much of that to a vermicomposting bin. But worms absolutely love a little bit of it. They actually really love the unused coffee, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, you can dilute that a little bit with some water. And, and if you do put the coffee grounds in a vermicomposting pile, they're actually better to put in still wet, not dry them out like you would maybe in a compost pile or, or around in a garden. Um, using actually wet coffee grounds a little bit on the top of the soil, they'll eat it. But again, it's a little bit acidic, so you have to be careful on how much you put in there. Some other uses for coffee grounds on the homestead, believe it or not, it helps make it makes a great mulch around certain plants, certain nitrogen loving plants, which we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But it does help retain moisture in soil, and it is antimicrobial, so it'll actually cut down on fungal diseases, which is really good. So using it around things like tomatoes for for its uh, mulch purposes. But that brings us to the next use, and that's as a fertilizer. Number four, a fertilizer. Coffee actually has an MPK ratio which is nitrogen phosphorus and potassium uh every fertilizer has a npk ratio coffee's npk ratio is actually 2.1 uh, 0.3 and 0.3 which means it's really high in nitrogen and it has a little phosphorus and a little potassium but it's very it's mostly nitrogen based well what plants love nitrogen well anything that like a tomato loves nitrogen anything that's a heavy nitrogen feeder is going to absolutely love uh coffee grounds put around it so putting it around your tomatoes is a great idea directly. You can actually just put it right around your tomatoes. They're going to love that. Anything that requires a high nitrogen is going to love um, coffee grounds around it. Also, it makes a great pest control, uh, specifically for slugs and snails. They hate the stuff. They won't crawl over it. They hate it. So putting it around some plants uh, for, for that, you sprinkle it around, and uh, it'll just that way you're not overdoing it, but putting a little bit of it around some plants can uh can really cut down on the slugs and snails actually i need to do that i have I'm, i've been having some slug and snail pressure on my um my zucchini and squash so i probably need to get out there and put a little of my coffee around that you know i'm sitting here talking about this and it's making me think about it so there's five great uses for coffee right there directly in the garden or in the compost pile that you can use now you also asked about using your unused coffee and i, I mentioned a little bit of that in vermicomposting but uh, coffee has a, a pH that varies anywhere from 5.2 to 6.9. So, of course, it's a little acidic. So, if you can actually pour cool <laughs> coffee um, around certain plants that love a uh, acidic soil, things like aloe, roses, and blueberries, uh, you could actually water your plants a little bit with you know, certain acidic loving plants with coffee and it'll actually uh, help change the pH of that soil to an ideal place where they like it. Blueberries, everybody struggles with blueberries, but you know, if you can add a little coffee around them occasionally, it really helps to uh, lower the pH of that soil and give it a more acidic soil and actually help your blueberries grow. So, and I actually struggle with aloe a little bit. My aloe 
uh, doesn't seem to grow real well. So I'll put a little uh, coffee on that sometimes to try to lower the uh, pH on that. I don't add it to my roses. I probably should, though. My roses seem to do just fine uh, without it. But again, they love a little more of acidic soil, so uh, it will help roses as well. So there's some definite uses, some great uses for coffee and coffee grounds right there on your homestead. So I hope that helps you. Uh, now, all this might make you think, well, well, we drink a lot of coffee, but if there's that many uses for it, maybe I need to get more coffee grounds. Well, you can actually run down to a, a coffee shop, and a lot of times they will give you their used coffee grounds. They just throw them away anyway, and they usually bag them up as they take them out, and they have them right there in a bag. They'll usually just hand you bags of this stuff. Uh, you can go to a Starbucks or some other coffee shops, and a lot of times they'll let you have uh, their used coffee grounds. And um, you can take those home and just have all kinds of coffee grounds for the garden. It's an absolutely fantastic resource for your homestead. And it's as useful as mulch or anything else that you can bring into your homestead. It's very great organic matter for your homestead. So there you have it. There's a few uses for coffee. This is a short one today, guys. Pretty easy one. Um, but yeah, definitely use that coffee. And we drink a lot of coffee around here too, so uh, I, I understand your situation there. You want to find a use for that stuff. It's it's a great product for the homestead. Today for the recommendations, uh, I'm going to recommend a composting book. It's the Rodell Book of Composting. It's a great resource uh, for composting. Uh, if you want to know more about composting, that book has a lot of answers. And I'll put a link to that book in the show notes for you. You can check that out. Today on the Homestead Life segment, where I share something that's just better in my life because of homesteading. I want to talk about the zucchini harvest. You know, every year we all joke about how many zucchinis we get, right? But I love the zucchini harvest. It's one of the earlier things you get in your garden and it's just so prolific. You just get so much of it. And it's one of them things that's, it's an awesome thing to hand to other people. And, and, you know, just all the thing, the first thing I do, and it's probably not even the healthiest thing, but I take a good, you know, a, a decent, it's not a, not a big zucchini, but one of the smaller zucchinis and I slice it up. And, uh, and the first things I do is I, I fry some zucchini cause I just love fried zucchini. So, uh, it's not the healthiest way to eat a zucchini and we do a lot of other things with it, but I always, my first one every year, I was like, okay, I want some fried zucchini cause it tastes great. So I'll fry one up and then I start doing other things. My, my daughter, uh, she makes an awesome dish, a zucchini and, and squash dish that she bakes in the oven and makes it, I don't even know what all she puts in it, but man, it comes out fantastic. So usually she comes over and hooks us up with one of those dishes, always jumping on the zucchini bread. Uh, when you get those bigger zucchinis that can't be used for anything else, man, they make a fantastic bread. So just all kinds of things you can do with the zucchini harvest. And uh, we grow a lot of it here because I love it. I mean, I, I can't never get enough of it. Uh, I'll shred a bunch of it and even freeze it. Um, that usually turns out pretty good for bread. Uh, we, we use a lot of that in bread. Now, a lot of people say that it doesn't make an ideal bread after you freeze it, but I haven't had any problems with it. Um, it seems to come out all right for me the, the few times I've done it. So, uh, shred some up, put it in the freezer, save it for later. Um, make that zucchini bread throughout the season. But I tell you, zucchini harvest definitely is something that's better in my life because of homesteading. I love my zucchini. If you want to submit a question for this podcast, uh, you can send your questions to ask at smalltownhomestead.com or you can call or text in your questions to our voicemail at 765-203-1949 and you can submit as many questions as you like. I love getting questions. Also, if you're a member of the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group, 
Uh, that is our, our Facebook group for this podcast. Uh, by the way, if you want to join that group, all you have to do to join is ask. It is closed, but get right in there if you just ask. Um, go to Facebook and search Homestead Front Porch. We'd be happy to have you in there. But you can also just tag me in a post there with your questions, and, uh, and I'll uh, put them in the queue to answer in the podcast. So uh, several ways you can uh, submit a question, and we'll take all the questions you can send us because uh, I'm piling them up, guys. I mean, this is a, if we're doing multiple episodes per week, you know, it really helps me uh, uh, work ahead and get these done. So send in all the questions you want. I love doing this format. Uh, I do have a feeling we'll be changing. You know, we won't always be doing this. Probably have some interviews, probably just have some, some topics here and there, uh, just some different variety. And I know you guys are probably even getting, maybe getting a little tired of just the solid questions, but, uh, it's easiest right now, but we'll be changing that up a little bit and doing some different things. So, um, but I love this format of the questions. It's so much easier for me to do the podcast this way. The podcast is made possible for those who join our Homestead Forum membership community. Uh, if you want to know more about the benefits of that membership, go to thehomesteadforum.com, or you can just head over to the website, smalltownhomestead.com. We have the links there for always a link in the show notes as well. But there's just a lot of benefits to joining that membership, guys. Extra podcasts. You like the old format. We do a longer form topic show for that uh, for that for for the membership group. And uh, also we have the uh, the live chats in there. Uh, we have uh, videos, we have a discussion forum, we have discounts on homesteading products, uh, just all kinds of stuff going on in there. It's a great membership. Go be a part of that. It really helps keep this podcast going. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I also think that um, as that grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it's just going to be a great resource for homesteading information. There's already a lot in there. We've only been doing that just a few months, and um, it's already, you know, there's a lot going on in there already. So come be a part of that. Help me build that community and help support this podcast. It's it's, it's a great way to do it. Uh, the show notes for this episode can be found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 95 thanks for joining me today guys and uh, until next time happy homesteading and god bless thanks for listening to see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes go to smalltownhomestead.com there you can also read our blog connect with us on facebook twitter and google plus and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.